It's the littlest thing. Don't let that ruin your whole day. Because when you know you let that something small just ruin your day, it sets you off. And that's what really sets you off. It's like now I can't enjoy the rest of my day because I have to stop what I'm doing to make sure somebody else gets happy. It's like no, leave me alone. What's up and welcome to Nacho's Cafe. This is your boy Will aka Nacho and today is Talk About It Tuesday where me and a guest will sit and talk about it, whatever it is, and that's what we'll be talking about. You ready? Today I have a special guest. It is actually my brother, Gerald Hamilton. I call him uh, Jay Busta. For some weird reason, I've always called him Jay Busta, though in particular reason, that's just what I called him because his middle name is Bernard. And so I just figured to call him Jay Busta growing up together. So there's that. I have him today and we're talking about a certain topic called anger, kind of like where it comes from and maybe also and um, my brother has been, you know, through some trial and tribulation through his life. That he's the one of the things that we're um, different in is, you know, I grew up with no father. He had one who was, you know, in his life, sometimes out, and so sometimes when that's not normally as a child who's growing up, you know, just as a personal experience and what I've heard, you know, from not just him but from other people, you know, where when there's a consistent person that's there all the time it's it's a big plus but when someone's kind of like in sometimes out and sometimes in sometimes out it it can create a little bit of a riff in in life and then there are other factors also through life and i know um growing up um high school times have changed so much i feel like every generation is changing and from my perspective i see things getting worse you know i was talking to that with um when i was talking about bullying and how things have just really kind of got dramatic you know um a lot of people are angry and it's like where is it coming from you know sometimes it comes from home and more than likely it normally comes from home um because people are just trying to seek some type of happiness maybe some type of attention or whatnot but when it comes to just anger a lot of us sometimes can suffer from it because we don't know how to express it and sometimes there's nobody listening because somebody is always trying to interject or put their opinion or their perspective on things versus listening. And that's what my show's for, is to open up, to give my guests, which is my brother today, uh, <laughs> the table to open up and share your story, you know? And um, with further ado, I would like to introduce my brother, Gerald, Jay Busta. Good afternoon. <laughs> this is his first time being on any type of thing like this. Well, not necessarily. We used to make cassette tapes as funny little things back in the day. So was, this is just, this is almost like basically dinner talk for us. It should be. Bioconstrictor. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Nobody's going to know what that means, but that's an old school thing. We used to pretend we had a radio and um, he was a guest or he played somebody on there. So now this is official. It's actually real. Oh, Not really a radio station, but more of a podcast where you can listen to it anytime you want. Although you could do that with the cassette. So, Gerald, my first question, of course, since our topic is on anger. Um, when you hear the word anger, what is like the first thing that comes to your mind? Honest, probably like vines. Those kids. There's a vine of this kid where somebody had to have told him no. He's like, oh, <laughs> That's what I think 
Look at that. And think of Dragon Ball Z, Vegeta going <laughs> Super Saiyan. It's like, well, that's the only way he can get it. So that's his anger. That's what drove him. Um, the anger, man. It's hard to put a face to anger because most of the time when you're when you say anger, some people put a face to it. Some can put an emotion on it, and it's just kind of difficult to just describe. Like when somebody says it, a lot, I think a lot of people just think of an emotion. Whereas sometimes it's more than just an emotion. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's a person. Sometimes it's a thing that you just relate to it. That's how some people may look at it. Yeah. I can agree that it's definitely an emotion because it's created out of something and whether it's experience, um, I wouldn't necessarily say we, we have to put a face to it, but I know for some people they put a face to it, like it could be triggered to somebody, <clears throat> um, somebody that they know, or, um, you know, for some people, you know, when they're suffering from broken hearts and they're so upset and they're so angry at their ex-lover. Mm -hmm. And so whenever they think of that person, it makes them so upset and so angry because of what that person did or caused harm. So yeah, it definitely is an emotion and sometimes it's a face, but I think I agree with the, it's definitely emotion. Now, um, how can you connect that emotion to maybe your experience with anger? Well, mine comes with I would say different experiences. Okay. One probably would be my father. Um, not really understanding where he was and just kind of feel like he up and left. Like, okay. you know, years later, I would know reasons why. Yeah, but yeah. Like then it was just like, why did my dad leave me? Yeah. Because what it left with me was the feeling of abandonment. And unfortunately, that abandonment left that anger in me trying to understand why, what happened, who did it, what did it, did I do it? And unfortunately, my mother was the one who became the face for that anger to take place to. Mm -hmm. And so she caught all of it. Because I was the only punching bag you had. Yeah. Besides you. You too and big. Me I too. can't punch you. <laughs> punch back. Well, at that time, mom was bigger than me, too. I wasn't as, you know, mom was taller and everything. Yeah. But uh, that was probably, like, my first experience with anger. Um, and then there was, like, self-hate. And for me, personally, I, I relate my hate to my anger. And just, like, the hate was the evolution of my anger towards myself. Um, part of that was due to grandma's passing. Oh, like, you know, when she passed, that say, you know, you remember the night she passed. She called me and Aunt Dana in there. Sorry about names, but, um, she called me, me and her in there and, like, I never forgot that face. Because that was the worst I've ever seen grandma and I hated it. <laughs> and... When Aunt Dana told us, told me that I have to let go, that was the hardest thing for me because even though I was a POS, 
to grandma. I couldn't accept that she's like really loved me because it's like, why would you love like this brat that is absolutely disrespectful, unappreciative, and just does not show you any of that love back. And when I had to let her go, that was the weight that I carried after that. Because I felt like I had to live with me being that horrible human being to this wonderful woman who took care of me all the way up to that point, pretty much. You know, every day after school, we were at grandma's. Every day she let me watch TV. I got away with more than I should have gotten away with. And she was okay with it. And whenever she told mom and mom would discipline me for it, it's just like, she would come back and like, why you do that? It's like, you weren't supposed to do that. I'm telling you so you know not to whoop them. Yeah. You know, and that's like wild in itself. Yeah. So like for all my bad behavior, she told mom that she really didn't want nothing bad to happen to me. Yeah. And even during the summers when, you know, I was over at her house, we would go to the senior center in the morning, leave there at one o'clock, come back. She'd sit down on the couch, knock out. I'd watch Spongebob, the Maury Show, <laughs> Jerry Springer, you know, everything I saw. She did like those I forget. Yule <laughs> Hauser, never forget. <laughs> um, but I, I remember those days and it's, it was a very, very rough time because at that point, I knew where to put my anger and that was at myself. And it was like, you should have treated her better while she was here. It's like, why didn't you do that? Why were you so disrespectful to her? She did nothing wrong to you. She picked you up from school every day, never complained. It's like, well, you're spoiled behind. Just took advantage of it. It's like, <sighs> and so that's where my other experience with anger came and that evolved to hatred for myself. And that took years to get over. Even after me and you have having multiple conversations of talking about it, multiple times of me just crying and just really trying to let it go. I could not let it go. It, it, um, it was not easy. And so I would say probably after high school, there came a point, like I know in during high school, that's when I really started trying to turn to God. And I would say after high school, I was finally able to breathe a little bit easier and accept it and know that, yes, I was terrible, but she still loved me. In spite of all of it, she really did love me. It wasn't fake, it was genuine. And I know she would never take any of it back. And so I took that, I let that burden go. I stopped hating on myself and I pushed forward. Not easy, but you know, it's what you have to do. You gotta push forward. And so that's another 
and high school was full of it because, gosh, that was terrible times. Middle school was my best years. I made the transition from wearing a turtleneck tucked into <laughs> my pants, my shorts, not pants, shorts, uh, into untucking my shirt, not wearing turtlenecks to school. Gosh, like I was that kid. <laughs> What's um, that with that? It was the Hamilton style, my dude. <laughs> Original. <laughs> but I um, made that transition. So high school was different from junior high. It was so different because it just seemed like nobody liked me. Like it was... Like I felt like I was just getting picked on just because. Just because the way I acted. And that was the worst thing, because it's like, why, why are you guys like making jokes about me? Why are you making fun of me? And the thing that was different about it from previous years, like in junior high, it was other colors that were making fun of me. But most of the time, it was my Hispanic friends. <laughs> and, you know, I knew that. That, that was cool. Yeah, but yeah. with high school, ninth grade, it was other black guys that were making fun of me. And it was the weirdest thing because I never really got disrespected like that from my own people. Yeah. And so that was my anger there because it's like, I don't understand what I did wrong from just talking to mm -hmm. these people. And then that became unhappiness as well. And so... It was just the start of four years of hell for me because every day there was something new. So another new joke that I wrote out for the rest of the week. And then the next week, and then the next week, and the next week. Sophomore year, got a little bit better with theater, but not by much because the only dude I knew in there at first, I previously knew him as a racist. <laughs> And that was like the end of ninth grade. I, I actually met him. And from the minute I met him, I was like, I don't ever want to meet that dude. I don't ever want to talk to him. I don't ever want to get to know him. Like, keep that dude in a completely different country from me. And my first period theater, mm -hmm. guess who's sitting in the front row? That guy. That dude. <laughs> and he's like, yo, dude. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> like, why you <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be nice to this dude. He pissed me all the way off. <laughs> um, and he ended up just being a friend. Wow. Like a good friend while that lasted. Yeah. But, um, and that ended the same way, like ended up being the same way like everybody else. Be You make fun of me too. Um, most of the people in theater made fun of me. Like half, I'd say half made fun of me. I don't know why. Like, they knew me. This is who I am. And they still just made fun of me. It's like, well, okay. What were some of the things that they said? Some of it was just because I wasn't cursing. I wasn't a cursor. Mm -hmm. And I really tried to keep it clean. Mm -hmm. And so they made fun of me for that. They made fun of me for my hair. Because sophomore year started the whole uh, hair straightening incident. And gosh... It didn't last for too long. Um, 
that was mainly it for theater because it was just like that and then my whole life you know always being called white boy because it's like you know just because i don't I like the rest of these niggas out here i'm sorry if you ain't ready to hear it but it's true niggas you know just because i hold myself to a higher standard because i didn't want to have my pants sagging because mm -hmm. i didn't wear extra extra large t-shirts mm -hmm. um i didn't curse at people i didn't just do what everybody else was doing i was following my own thing and that was mainly what was made fun of too and so in theater i thought i could escape that but i didn't because it still found its way in there uh -huh. and there, I did find good friends that would not make fun of me for that. They genuinely wanted a friendship with me. One of them is a good friend of mine, Ryan. Me and him, he was a freshman when I met him as a junior. And he was a short little dude. I don't know if you remember high school. Like when people like freshmen walked in, they were short, short, like Some of them. under four foot. Like <laughs> this dude was small. Uh, and uh, that same racist dude, he introduced me to him like after school because we were doing some uh, production stuff after school. And he was like, yo, you got to meet this dude. He's small as fuck. And I was like, oh, okay. It's like, Let's see who this is. And he was like, hi. I was like, geez, he really is tiny. I was like, man, this is like a newborn baby. Who brought this kid to high school? Take him back. <laughs> but he was actually one of the most, one of the people I could depend on the most because he was genuine. He legitimately cared about me. And I legitimately cared about him. We were in... Uh, Beauty and the Beast together. Fantastic show. You missed out if you didn't see <laughs> I did. it. Because uh, that show was lit. <laughs> um, but we made a legitimate relationship out of that. That's good. He, um, while we were practicing one night, I had went home. He was staying at the theater. And apparently, he messed up his arm somehow, doing something. Oh, boy. And he was laying on the floor in the office. You remember what the office looked like, like leading to the shop? The green room? Yeah, like in the green room, you remember the office I that leads to the back? So? He was laying on the floor in the office. And at the time, I don't know where, I, I got it from SpongeBob, I know that much. <laughs> oh <But> no. <laughs> I was always going around like, ah Yeah, it was like, I'm telling you, 11th grade was lit for me. It was a good time, but it was also a terrible time. <laughs> but, um, he had that as a cell phone uh, ring. Any Anybody who called, that was what he heard. Oh my gosh. And so he's laying on the floor in pain, and somebody's calling, and the next thing he hears, like, ah ha! Ah ha! Ah ha! And he's, and he's laughing. He's like, bruh, Gerald. He's <laughs> like, I love that dude. <laughs> bruh, isn't like he was, he was really good people. So he's one of the ones I really try to stay in touch with after high school because he made the effort and I definitely want to make that effort with him. Yeah, yeah. He made high school a lot more bearable through a lot of the 
troubling stuff. Yeah. So, sophomore year was all right. Had its ups and downs. Junior year was better. Um, and the senior year was just rough. Like, it was... I was at the end of my rope. I was really done. What made it made it done for you? Just everything. Like, I was tired of getting looks because the way I look, my hair. Got tired of hearing people talk about it because the way I talk, you know. I, I don't know if I sound country or nothing, but, you know. It comes in every now and then. But I got tired of, you know, just not being a part of the culture. You know, it was like, how are my own people not going to accept me just because I don't act like them? Because I don't want to dress and walk, talk, and act like them. Like, we don't all have to be the same. And so... We were taught to respect not only ourselves, but others. Yeah. So... We weren't taught to disrespect people because of the way they dressed. And if they did, we definitely would be disciplined about it. Yeah. You know, we were respect. I mean, we grew up and yeah, we make fun of each other. We make fun of people now, but not to the part of, well, I don't think, but, you know, to the part of really trying to demean or uh, defeat someone's interior to destroy them. Yeah. You know, um. I know high school is a lot of identity, trying to figure that out, and it's cruel when people attack, and especially from groups that you would least expect it from. Yeah. You know, being, I mean, I look at times now, but for when you've grown up by being attacked by your own group, kind of makes you ask why be so hypocritical because the black life didn't matter then yeah and you're asking for acceptance and support but why can't we support each other if we dress a little differently from the other isn't that a beautiful thing that we can thrive to be a human versus being you're judged by according to what you wear your skin tone, your hair. Um, I said this recently that I like the song I Am Not My Hair by Indiari. And, you know, I'm not dreads, I'm not braids, I'm not Afro. I am my name. I'm Gerald. No, you're not. You're what? <laughs> Get it right. <laughs> you know, but, you know, it's um, those things kind of just, it, it, it disturbs me. I don't speak for... A certain type of culture I speak or community whatever I speak as a human being because at the end of the day we all bleed red and we all have a voice and I have been told I sound white on the phone sometimes when I was growing up like you sound so white on the phone can you? so I you know I can understand that because I after high school no it was kind of like in the middle um, going to summer school and I remember going to Rev, I think, and I met a few black folks that were, went to certain churches that I were familiar with. But some people, even some church people, did not agree that, or like, you sound white, I was like, you don't sound black. Are you sure you, you know, 
doesn't help with my name too. It's very, <laughs> it's you know William Roberts. Really, you know. Like a good portion of our family is named <laughs> Tell me about it. Um, well, three that I know of. Um, or well, including you. You know. Who is the first? Um, Uncle Bill. Okay. Uncle Will. You. Okay, but he's not William Roberts. Eh, it's a Will. No, he's it, Wilbur. It's a Will. It's a Will. No, Wilbur. Wilbur. <laughs> oh gosh. See, we're all making fun of people. Um, what we can is our family. Yeet. And we all make fun of each other just to build thick skin, but I'm still the sensitive one. I'm sorry about senior. Were they the only ones that you know attacked you? Theater? With their words. Theater, our own black people. Anytime are... I stepped outside of theater, it felt like I was always getting stared. So theater was like your safe haven. It was a partial safe haven because even on the inside, I knew there were still a few people that were still going to joke on me. And outside, it was worse. So it was like the better two evils. I'll stick in there where it's a few, whereas outside, I'm getting constant looks. And... It was, it was harsh, because even, like, senior year, I had not my first girlfriend ever. You know, your boy's a dog, you said it. Not really. <laughs> oh, my um, God. <laughs> I had my first, like, girlfriend where I legitimately cared about her, and I really wanted it to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. And some of the people I called friends, quotations, they... And I feel bad about it because I let them, but they made fun of her. To me. Like, they said, bro, you girl looks like a man. I was like, I had half a mind just say F you, smack him across the face, and then walk out. Because it's like, yo, like, you're the dogs you be dating? Like, don't try me with your yeah. cross-eyed blondie that you've been messing with. Fuck <laughs> off. But, um, it was, that was just something that always stuck with me. It's like, I'm with this girl. Why are you going to make fun of her while I'm in the room? And it's like, for me, that was a time where I should have stopped being so passive and I stood up for her. But it, that relationship lasted for like a month and a half. And, Dang. Yeah. That one sucked. It, it, it hurt because I actually really cared about her. and I. Because you had a hope. Yeah. Did she treat you like a human being? She did. It ended because she was afraid. What? Of hurting me. I heard that way too many times. But with her thing, and I found out later on, like she was, uh, she she was bipolar. Ooh. And so I never really experienced, or <laughs> to my knowledge, I never experienced it with her. But when I thought about it, it's like there were some times where she was extremely low. Where it's like, that might have been those times. Yeah, I think yeah. she was afraid of doing or saying something while we're together that would offend me. Oh, uh, okay. And so it's like... Did you ever share with her your, kind of like your struggles? No. No. Didn't really get to, get to that part yet. Still fresh. Um, like we, we were just pecking, man. I never <laughs> thought about doing any more than a peck. It's like, I don't know what to do. I never cute. kissed anybody, <laughs> so I'm just going to peck. 
<laughs> um, did you ever cry out help to anybody? To share these these moments of attack from high school, um, your friends kind of not being friends. Did you ever share that with anybody? No. Why? Um, I don't know. I did guess like for me with like feelings, it always was just bottle them up and get over them. Like eventually you're going to get over them. So just bury them. So that's how you handled it? That's how I handled like all of it, especially for high school. Because it was just like I was angry and mom could always physically see it on me. Like I was tired. I just didn't want to do it anymore. I was tired of the people. I was tired of the work. I was tired of showing up because it just felt like this is really leading to nothing. And so when it came like to me not passing a class and I had to do adult ed on campus to pass it, pass that thing with an A, because it was like, I cannot stay here. It's like, I cannot stay for another year. I can't stay for another semester. I can't. Like, I, I'm going to drop out if I have to, because I will not come back to this place. Mm -hmm. It's emotionally draining. I'm mentally drained, physically drained. I just don't want to do this anymore. I can't see myself doing this. Did you see any difference when you went to college? College was a bit different. I didn't feel like I got looks and I was also not looking for people to give me looks. Mm. And so I felt a little bit more confident in myself, but not by much. And so, you know, you always wanted to make a couple friends and it didn't really happen. Yeah. And so I really just stuck to myself, stayed quiet and just minding my own business most of the time. And then the couple friends I made were just from one class and that was complete, like, I don't know how it happened because nobody really associated with anybody. Yeah. And then one time we, like, everybody just started talking to each other. It was like, whoa. It's like, and I was a part of it. It's like, start talking to people. What's going on? <laughs> it's a transition from high school to college. And in college, you got all kinds of ages, not necessarily the same ages as you. And different schools, different backgrounds, different everything. I, I like I liked theater because it was, it was a nice little, um, it was an escape and an expression um, of your talents and I I mean I can say I think both of us kind of like the stage life as in ways of just being outside yourself you know whether it's dancing whether it's acting being dumb uh, funny or prop or even production you know yeah and then you had a moment of being even in school choir yeah I remember that you know that was fun like and like you said, it's a chance to get out of yourself. Mm -hmm. For me, it was like, it's a minute for me to get away from the seriousness of me. Because I just, I didn't like being me. I was like, I don't want to be this anymore. Like, I want to be free. And so when I joined theater originally, being able to dive into characters, be a character even for class or, if, you know, a show, 
it was easy for me to just like want to remember the lines, want to be the character because it's like I'd rather be them. I it don't had to be, be you. Yeah, I don't want to be me because me apparently people just like making fun of. It's like at least this person they're not gonna make fun of. Them. Like yeah. it's easier that way. Yeah. And so a choir, yeah, it was still me yeah. in its own. But I was in a group where it wasn't me singled out. You didn't have to be dis yeah, and then you had to disappear. You still were there. Yeah. Wow. Did you um did you ever feel like you were a burden? Because is that also maybe why you never shared maybe your struggles of unhappiness? Or anger? Did you ever feel like you would be a burden if you did share? Yes, because at the time, the only person I really trusted to ever talk about with anything was mom. And I didn't talk about anything to her. Yeah. So, you know, it was definitely hard keeping it all bottled in. You know, from going through school to keeping my ex, like, very down too, because I had to bury these feelings of me really liking her, still wanting to keep it together, because I see her every day. And it's like, there's days where it's just like, take me out. It's like, why do I have to still see her? It's like, and it's almost like, like she's fine. And it's like, gosh, this hurts. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to keep doing this. And like so, your happiness was robbed. Yeah. The little bit that you got, it was like, poof, gone. Yeah. And that's how I felt with that. It's, but I never wanted to burden mom because... It was always like mom already had enough on her plate. She was, you know, dealing with the house, dealing with the bills, dealing with mortgage, dealing with her job, you know, her boss. Sometimes she only heard her getting stressed all the way out. I just didn't want to add something else onto their plate for her to have to listen to. It's like, it's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll manage. But then when you don't get a chance to blow off steam, it explodes. And that is what usually happens. I would usually... I, <coughs> I never <coughs> verbally blew up on her. But it was always like a, a quiet violence in me. So I, I would just, I would close off. I would just be done with everything. It's like, I don't want to hear her. It's like, I'm out. Mm -mm. <clears throat> so like on car rides, coming home, it, like, even the littlest inconvenience, something that she said that I just did not agree with or didn't think, didn't want to hear, I was out. And she would say, she would be going, it's like, I know you're not listening. It's like, mm -mm. I don't want to hear this. Like, I hear too much already. I don't want to hear it anymore. Let me go. And some of it, you know, is just like, can we stop? It's like, 
I don't want to hear any more of what you have to say about me being lazy. I don't want to hear any more about you saying I play games too much. Aside from <clears throat> a little bit of theater I get, this is a release for me. And even then, it's not much of a release because I want more than what the games can give me. I know that um, from my experience where... You know, we're living under the same roof, but um, I had a tendency to snap sometimes with mom, where um, I could only take so much nagging, I could only take so much um, hit, and I and I knew I felt like I was somewhat of a rock sometimes to take the punching bag, whether it was from anybody around me, um, even if the anger wasn't geared from me, like you know, I was the cause of it. But I was definitely the bag to be thrown at. And some people can only take so much. And I am a vocal one. So, you know, not pop off of an air, pop off on mom. But, um, you know, I would speak out. And I'm like, I don't know who you're mad at. Or da, 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 but it is not me. I have nothing to do with that. And because I myself have... You know, I went through some stuff as well. Um, I'm not comparing anything like that. Just, you know, saying my, my own life, you know, what I've been through. And sometimes it's just what I was able to handle. It's, um, it's really hard to open up to anybody when you feel like when you say one thing, then it's something that's always either discussed or it's something that's always hovering over your head. So it's like, well, I'm not going to say anything anymore if, if this is the treatment that I'm going to get. And that's not necessarily at mom, but that's anybody. And um, I really, you know, and I, and I also, because me, I would think that anything that I do is a burden. I used to think that I was just a big disappointment. And so growing up, all I wanted to do was just hear the words, I'm proud of you. Um, you know, I remember her writing a letter or this and that, but it was just, I didn't feel like I was worth it. So, you know, growing up, it was just trying to make her proud versus me proud of myself. Um, because it didn't matter about me. It mattered that was she proud of what I did. And it was very um, stressful because I, I didn't know what my happiness was. And I didn't know how to come to that. You know, I think I did, you know. Um, I mean, fortunately, on the opposite of you, I didn't have such a... I mean, you know, there was bullying going on in high school, but I... I had a different type of circle of friends that I surrounded myself with and I didn't go through that with you, you know, what you went through. So um, I went through the thing walking, walking to grandma's all the time and like you said, Negroes um, driving by was what irritated me, looking at me like they knew me, I'm like you don't know me and don't call me cuz cuz we are not kin. Um, but looking at me and like, oh, he think he's all that, or he think he's this, and it's like, I know I'm better than what I am. 
And if you see me as better than you, then that's something personal. I ain't got nothing to do with me. Did you ever feel like you could confide in me at the time? No. And what made that be? Too busy or? Busy? Like you being too busy? Or... Yeah. And the floor is open, so you I can know. say whatever you want. <laughs> that actually leads into another part of that, of high school being really hard, because I felt like you abandoned me. I felt like you abandoned me too. And so that's also why theater was hard too, because I was trying to look for a brother. Hmm. Like I knew you were a phone call away, but this is just like, I don't want a phone call. Like I want you here. It's like, you know, I know you give all this time and energy to your friends, but give me more because like, I really need you. It's like, I don't need you to try to call. Just be right here with me. And you know, like it, it didn't happen, but like that was the hard part too. Cause it's like, you know, losing a brother. Cause directly after high school, you kind of just kept going you moved out and it was just like, wow, okay, what do I do now? And it was, and that had kind of left me to now be that punching bag for mom. Especially being, you know, as lazy as I was and not doing anything, not doing any yard work, like it really took its toll. And so part of that was why I really just wasn't wanting to hear her anymore too. Cause it's like, now I'm really hearing it. It's like every day it's like, ah, so lazy. Like, well, like, come on, wash the dishes. It's like, oh gosh, and it's like, take out the trash. Like I've been the one taking out the trash this whole time. Even Will was here, I took it out. It's like, leave me alone. It's like, gosh, like, when do I get a break? It's like, it's like, I had to deal with this crap at school deal with all this and I come home to hear this like I don't want to hear this like I just want to go to bed it's like I just want to play some games take a shower go to sleep because I know this is, a good, this is going to be a rinse wash repeat for the rest of the week and then here comes the weekend where I can rest and the weekend like Friday night I feel like I could really sleep the best sleep because I didn't have to wake up to do that tomorrow even though I had to wake up and hear mom saying okay we got to do some yard work like oh I don't think it was ever a problem to do yard work. <laughs> I wanted to play, bro. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a hard part because I, I definitely was trying to find somebody I could confide in, and nobody really could fit the bill. Well, I'm not moving back in. You suck. So. <laughs> so you're gonna have to take a drive. I got used. To, I got used to <laughs> peace and quiet. It's all good. No more Drake David playing at two uh, oh, eight wow. in the morning. Oh wow. Anyways. Gosh. That has been like over well, 10 years now. Okay, Roger Rabbit. Um, and all your replays. <laughs> um, okay. So then what are some steps that you've been doing to conquer your anger? That unhappiness, that unhappiness within yourself. Have you been feeling like you've gotten any better? I feel like the anger has definitely gotten in more control. Um, because after high school, I really didn't feel it. And part of it, I think, was just because I found church and I was going on a regular and that was helping me. Like, because there I had another family outside the family where... Uh, 
pretty much mom. Not mom, but she was like Sheila's mom. Or my mom. Uh, you know, this is confusing to everybody. I'm sorry. But uh, this is the way I talk. So uh, Sheila is oh, okay. was the uh, youth group leader. Uh, Sheila was the group uh, youth group leader. And she quickly just showed how much she cared. And so give it a little time, she became mom to me. And so what I couldn't say to mom, I could say to her. Yeah. And it's just like, I was really able to let a lot of high school really finally get off my chest, being able to talk to her. And gosh, I felt better going into college because it was just like, now I don't really need to worry about the approval. It's like, I, it's like I just need to find me, just be comfortable with me. That's, even that took time, but as far as the steps went, it's just like, take it day by day. It's like really just learn your habits, learn where you're at, like what makes you mad. Figure it out, and it's like, there's no reason to be mad about this. It's like, this is something you should be doing every day. Like, you know, housework, it's like, don't get mad about it. Take it out of the trash. Don't get mad about it. Yeah, you're in the middle of playing a game. But press pause. Take it out. It's easy. It's the littlest thing. Don't let that ruin your whole day. Because when, you know, you let that something small just ruin your day, it sets you off. And that's what really sets you off. It's like, now I can't enjoy the rest of my day because I have to stop what I'm doing to make sure somebody else gets happy. It's like, no, leave me alone. And so it's really just taking that breath, doing it, getting it out of the way, and returning to whatever you're doing. And because, you know, something else is going to come up in that same time. It's like, oh, just take another breath and keep going. The hardest part is just not letting that little thing really just put a monkey wrench in your whole day. Is forgiveness a hard thing for you? To forgive others and even forgive yourself? I would say for me, forgiving myself is a lot harder than forgiving other people. Because other people I will forgive. There's some things to just, you know, it's hard for me to get over to forgive, but I will let that go. Because, like, the way I was treated in high school, it's like, you know what? Now where I'm at, it's just like, I can forgive that because... Most of that was ignorance. Nobody really knew who I was. They didn't really take the time. So how would they know that I was being hurt by these things they're saying? So it's like, you know what? I forgive you. We cool. It's like I stopped really focusing on that to get myself further in my life. It's like I couldn't let that control me anymore. And my anger not be quelled because of it. But forgiving myself is... It's still a hard thing. Well, I don't think it's always an easy thing, too. It's a process because mm -hmm. on order for us to forgive ourselves, we have to be growing from out of the situation that caused us to not forgive ourselves. So that's okay. <laughs> um, I know you get irritated very easy. Uh, I remember listening to you talking about, you know, work. Um why do you, is it 
the lack of common sense of people or what is it about people that irritate you? Because I, I noticed, I, you know, and I'm guilty, but I'm asking from you on your perspective, like, because when you, when you, whenever I was visiting and you came home from work, I mean, the wrath of Gerald came out just like there was so much passion behind the anger of what these people caused you at work, <laughs> customers. But um, was it to vent about it? Like I finally have something to vent about or because I feel like learning everything that I've learned this past um, these few minutes is is that I noticed that before you couldn't vent when you were young. You don't even know how probably to begin to vent about what's going on at school. Um, people say means crap about me. And I know you're being an adult, you're being a parent, but I need you to listen to me right now. Because I need to vent about what I'm going through at school. But you couldn't. You swept it under the rug and it built up. So for me, even now, I can see where having a job now you can relate to why mom was always talking about work because you know mom every day was a new story um from work and them and that you know it was every day was a new thing and to me it was a it was a replay of her but it was you (laughs) but you had more to uh relate to her yeah and i think just from observing, I felt like you felt like the equal finally. Yes. And finally, like, I have a job and I can talk about it, about these people and blah, blah. You know, I mean, and you let them have it. Okay. <laughs> My goodness. I mean, I'm sure you wanted to let them have it, but you didn't. Um, lost my job. <laughs> you didn't lose it. You quit. I would if I let him have it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but it's just it's a nice little evolution there that I just you know observe. You know, sorry, I we've had this conversation already, but I myself was discovering myself too, going through my own little closet thing that I was going through, and knowing that nobody because there was I don't know if you heard about it, but I remember when mom found out and she wanted it to keep it away from you because she thought it was something that could be caught no i didn't even know about that yeah uh <laughs> it was a so uh you know i I'm just sure now she knows you know, of it, course it it's casual well me too <laughs> <laughs> Like peaches. <laughs> Anyways, right, um, see, I got one right for you, okay? Um, we like what we like. But I myself have been battling that for a long time. And, you know, come, however, it hurt when, you know, that was said to me because I felt like out of anybody, to be honest, you would have, even though you were younger than me, but I felt like if anything, that you knew or you would be more accepting. And even though, you know, you were still going through your own stuff, I felt like, you know, my brother of all people should know. Should know or I just don't feel like he would just because like at a time 
I thought myself as, you know, I thought I saw you, you saw me as like maybe a hero. I don't know. And I didn't want that responsibility because I didn't know how to be my own hero. And it scared me. So that's why I was like, oh gosh, I don't know what to do. If I let him down, it's done, it's over. And then it, that happened. But then I, I didn't know how to really be my own hero because it was just a really struggle thing. And then I met somebody that I thought was my everything. And then, and then <laughs> all that, um, that did in turn did bring me closer to mom because all that was out in the open finally. And, um, yeah. And then it was trying to mend our broken little bond even i don't know if it was broken or not at that time i just knew that i could feel a resentment towards me when you know um every now and then even though you're like hey what's up brother you know like, what do you want a susical no not susical yeah yes yeah, susical like that was... and didn't were you in high school musical <laughs> i went wow. to see it wow thanks gerald <laughs> you didn't have to, to laugh at it. that <laughs> <laughs> like I would be caught dead in that. No, I would love to be in it, but no. That's right, Susical. So Chad. Yes, I was Chad. Um, I some crumble. So what? Um, that's Zeke, I think that character. That was Zeke, but you know, you want some crumble, Chad? So dude. Um, yeah, that was funny. Um. Yeah, we did Suzuko the Musical. Glad that you were able to get into that. No, but I I do know that there was definitely some resentment um, between us. And I think, I feel like I've always known. You know, I always knew that. And I remember talking to you for the first time about it. And I was like, hey, let's talk. Let's sit down, let's talk. And, I, and it's funny because you never told me. But I feel like I always knew where it started, you know. Um, like I just knew he I'm like my brother has so much anger that's built up. I know I'm part of it. Um I also know that like everything that you said earlier, you know, about grandma, I felt like he holds so much like a grudge or resentment against himself because of how he treated her and all that. And I my thing is is that which I'm grateful for is that she she loved you unconditionally because she saw you. And that alone is huge because um, for me to even say that too, that was just a blessing because a lot of a lot of individuals that are put in on our lives, they see you, but we don't accept what they see because we are so not where we want to be or we look in the mirror and we hear the voices that what was tossed at us when we were in high school church and for you it goes deeper you know at that time you know like as you said earlier um because i didn't know for sure for sure but i could only imagine um having you know an other parent that was in and out and I know that was a lot of anger because I saw even when you were young um, watching that. And that's why, you know, I just wanted to be, you know, there as much as I could. 
um, when I was young, you know, playing toys all the time in our world, you know, I felt like that was one of the biggest things for me where I always felt like that was robbed because I know I was growing up and I couldn't play toys anymore. I didn't have no more time because I got a job. I couldn't make any more movie on the cassette tapes because I got a job because I never had a dull moment. We never had like a a moment of not doing nothing. It was always something being done. Video games, movies, making movies, making radio stations, you know, playing toys. It was never a dull moment for us. Even at the kitchen table, we were still there after dinner and you had the cold food because I didn't have no cold food. I ate it. But... <laughs> I, lose, I lose my taste buds when I start focusing on stuff. <laughs> Clearly. But, you know, a lot of... It, it, the, at least we still can have that table talk, I feel like. Um, but I, I pray that there's no more resentment. There is no more resentment. Okay. Because it's like, even in our talks, I understand that you are still finding yourself too. And it's like, I can't get mad at you trying to really figure yourself out. Because it's like, you know, whereas I'm still here, you know, having this opportunity to figure myself out. You're out there already. You're on your own. It's like, how do I find myself without somebody here to really help me find me? Well, I know I say I'm a call away, but also I'll say this, I'm a drive away. Well, so get your, far, bro. get your butt in that car and drive. You need to get closer. Because I can do it, you can do it. You need to get closer, <laughs> man. Long drive. I think that I think when we're at that age, we have to point the finger, you know, because we haven't grown up. We don't know where to point the finger. We don't know anything about self-discovery. We don't know anything about who is that in the mirror. We don't know anything like that. All we know is that we're a kid and we just want to have fun. When is recess? You know, when can I go to PE to just be outside? Ugh, homework, you know, and all that, like that stuff. You know, and, and now I got to deal with people calling me names. I got to deal with that person that I thought I saw at my church and they're still making fun of me. Like, what the heck, you know? Wow, I guess we aren't all raised in the same roof. Mm. You know, you don't <laughs> think like me. You're different than me, you know? And, you know, I'm glad to... I have seen you definitely evolve from how you used to be because I know you had a lot of resentment. I know, I think you have a relationship now with your father yes and so i mean kind of like everything's kind of made full circle in a way um what i do have a question though um what is playing games to you like is it an escape is it like a way of kind of like escaping not life um consciousness for me, it's a way to tune out, tune out, and then also to escape my mental space. So you don't think about anything. Yes, because I find, and I'm, I know I'm not the only one. Oh, of course. But there's a lot of dark spaces in my mental space where I go in for a second I get reeled in and I stay there and if I stay in that dark space it affects everything in that moment the rest of my thoughts just get really dark the rest of like my energy just changes completely and I just get 
kind of depressed in that moment because I even though it's like not real in that space it becomes real and I play it out and it feels real and I just hate that feeling so uh, after leaving my uh, first job going to my second where it was warehouse work and I didn't have customers all on my neck every five seconds and I didn't have supervisors down my throat every five seconds telling me there's something else for me to do I was pretty much on my own most like all the day the only thing supervisors came by just check on make sure I was okay and that was it a lot of that time if I didn't have music playing I was in my dark spaces and I was very hard especially being in a relationship for the first time that has lasted over a month going on two years now and that's wild for me and so I was just in the dark spaces a lot when I didn't have music playing and so my mood would take a dive heavily working and I don't like being in a mood at work because that really just makes the work for me that much harder and so when I would come home sometimes I was already in that mood and I would just take a shower, sit on the bed, turn on the Xbox, and I would just start playing because I'm trying to escape it. It's a very, very hard place to run from. Sounds like depression. It is. Part of it was. Um, it first started with Rite Aid. Copyright intended. <laughs> um, that job the first that, job that job it was hard because I went from being cool with public interactions with people because you know it's all good to really being a punching bag for no apparent reason from customers they would unload on things that I can't control because mm -hmm. they're mad at me because their scoop isn't as big for ice cream. It's like, I, I've been here for a week. Give me a minute, why don't you? Mm -hmm. Or you get people that are trying to return some and the system won't allow it to return and they straight go off on you for it. It's just like, there's nothing I can do. And so, after... Three years of dealing with that, it got bad. And I, it was even bad, like probably before the second year, I was already like, it was depressing because it's like, I have to go back to this. I have to go back to getting chewed out for doing my job. It's like, do I, like, this isn't right that we get chewed out for following our policy. And Having to do that. And then stepping up because they asked me to. To becoming a supervisor. Because the manager was going to be out for a while. And they wanted to hire one of the people that... Or they wanted to promote one of the people that was already in the store. The new workings. And so they promoted me. Getting a dollar raise. And it wasn't even worth it. Because the stress was unbelievable. 
because now I wasn't just getting it from customers, which mm-hmm. is a whole lot worse when you're a supervisor. Now I'm getting yeah. it from the managers and the other supervisors because yeah. they're telling me I need to pick up my slack. I need to pick up the slack. Mm, slack of others. Because I'm the only one really helping out the front end. If I need to be doing what's in the back, it's like nobody else is helping me. You're all ignoring in the... It's not right that we ignore. Yeah, customers, assholes, all the way. Customer is never right. I'm sorry. That's how it goes. But still make the effort. Like, if they've been waiting, you know they're going to wait. Of course. It's like, get up there. And I always felt like it was my responsibility to go that extra mile. I hated every single one of them. You came for ice cream, I cursed your guts. (laughs) <laughs> I cursed your entire lineage, your family, past generations, future generations. I wanted them all dead. But I still went up there and gave them the best I could. Well, this was your first job, too. Yeah. So it was it was, it was more of an eye-opener for you. Because I know how I was when I worked at McDonald's. I wasn't the nicest person. I, I was the nicest person. Somehow, somewhere. I was both. I was the nicest and the meanest. Uh-huh. Well... You know, it was what it was. I, I didn't, you know, kids coming up, taking the order, and someone's like, I didn't get my order. Yes, you did. I saw that kid that you walked me here with. Take that order, and I'm not making another hamburger. Boss, William, do it. I'm not doing it. You can do it. Next. So, I had a mouth on me. Um, See, I've always been the quiet one. Yeah. So no, I, I would talk. I was like, no, ma'am. But anyways, um... For your shoes of just observing too, it's like it never stopped for you. It did. You know, you you get all this slander from growing up, and then you get a job finally, maybe some escape, and then you get it even more so. And then even still coming home and getting it, and it's like <laughs> there's no escape. There's there's no escape. On. Yeah. That's why moving out is such a great idea. I because like I've shared with you many times and I know you think about it but I really mean it when I say you meet your potential when you leave because that's all you got all you have is well it's me I gotta figure myself out because or I'm going back so I have to make it work I got to do whatever extracurricular things I got to do to make this work because I deserve my best chance. I deserve my happiness. I deserve to not allow anybody to control my emotions. I am in control of those. And by being in control is by letting go. Letting go of control so that it can naturally do what it's supposed to do. Let it take you where it needs to go let it embrace you when it needs to but definitely be open and be ready you know but uh wow i mean i'm not scared of doing it because i don't have the idea of failure in mind when i do Uh, you should never have that in mind so like, good. I, I got this. Good. Like I'm not afraid to just make that move 
Like, I got nothing to be afraid of. Yeah. There's no failure. I'm going to make it happen. Even if I have to work two jobs, it's going to happen. It's going to be just fine. Yeah. I may just sleep for a couple hours and get back up. All right. How would you encourage anybody that is struggling with anger how to conquer that? It, it just takes time. Yeah. It can't happen overnight. And I know everybody, you know, you always say it doesn't happen overnight. But even reality, you want it to. Yeah. And it's just like, I want this to change right now. And unfortunately, it doesn't. It takes time. You, for me, I feel like you have to get yourself in a place where you don't get angry, where your irritations are less, where you can really get at peace. Because leaving that first job, going into the second, it was different because one, that's my second job. Yeah. And then two, I didn't have to deal with people. Like, I dealt with me and coworkers, if anything. But most of the time, it was just me. And so, when you don't let yourself go to the dark spaces in your mental space, and you stay, you know, as ironically as it sounds, in the light, you actually make... Bigger strides on yourself. Mm-hmm. Because when I was listening to music and I stayed out of the dark, I could actually focus on things I can do better for myself. Mm-hmm. And also not being in the environment of customer service helped lessen that irritation as well. Because now I don't have somebody talking in my ear, telling me what I need to do with this other person talking in my ear, like, I need you to do this for me. It's like, it it was a big weight off the shoulder not having to deal with that. Mm -hmm. And so that's my personal irritation. But I would say, find your irritations. If you can get away from them, get away from them. But if you can't, really just take that breath. It's important. Because sometimes... Even in those situations where I was working at that first job, if I could get away and go to the break room, I'll just go into the bathroom, make sure nobody's in there, and I'll just breathe for a couple minutes because it's like I need this. Mm-hmm. If I don't breathe, if I don't get myself back under calm, if I don't get myself under control, somebody's gonna catch it, and it ain't gonna be nice. <laughs> I'm a cut. I'll make sure you cry when I'm done tearing a good hole into you. Yeah. But that's how that anger was would get me. And so I'll take that breath. It's like, okay, let me get a few more because this ain't working. Once you feel like you're finally calming yourself down, get back out there. Try it. If it's working, Keep going. Find yourself getting irritated again. It's like, try to breathe in the moment. It's just the little steps that help as far as that goes. Long term, when you're able to get out of that situation where you're irritated constantly, you're going to be better off after that because now you don't have to deal with it. Uh You might get some new irritations, but you figure those irritations... 
figure how to solve them, figure out how you can get away from them, and you do your job. As far as unhappiness goes, damn, that's a rough one. Because much like you were saying, you have to know your happiness. And if you don't know your happiness, you really don't know if you're unhappy in general. Um, yeah, that's that's a hard one to try to break down in itself. If you could go back in time and you saw the you when you were going into high school for the first time being a freshman, what would you tell that younger Gerald? Fuck him. <laughs> that would be my words, I would tell him. Because they don't care. They don't know. You are the best person in every class you're ever going to be in. You may be a quiet sun god, but you're the best. You're irreplaceable. And the impacts you're going to make on people future, gosh, you're going to be surprised. You're going to be calling yourself internationally known, changing lives. In high school, people are going to look up to you, surprisingly. And you can't even really look at yourself in the mirror. They look up to you and really admire you for the person you are in their life. There's a lot of strength behind it. It's got to, unfortunately... And go through it, but know that it's all going to be better. You're going to come out a handsome devil, too. Cut that hair, boy. <laughs> Don't do the straight hair thing. Gosh, I, I probably would have been a lot better if I didn't do that. But you know, it's all a part of the journey. Yeah. You it know, definitely helped me. You got to find who you are. It definitely helped. I, I am. I'm not a lot of confident in me, but I'm a lot more confident in me than I used to be. I definitely can see that. Because now I just joke around all the time. Yeah, you do. All the time. This has been really good. I hope it's been therapeutic, you know, or therapy. Good therapy for um, anybody out there listening to this. Um, for me, you know, I... I wish I was that one that said that to you. I'll say that much. What the fuck? Yeah. Hey. You know, because I wish somebody told that to me as well. It's all part of that journey that we we take of um, growing up. Because there's not always someone that's going to be able to warn you from everything. And when they do warn you, we don't listen. Nope. We really don't. We, we go, we literally head right into it. Don't jump off that cliff. Okay. Wee! Look the window. <laughs> well, Jay, thank you so much for being my guest on my Talk About It Tuesday. Thank you for opening up. That really that means a lot, and I know it's gonna help somebody out there or somebody's. Um, but thank you for sharing that because I know it's not easy to talk about anger because that's knowing where it came from. And that takes a long time, you know. Um, here I am, 34. You are 27, going to be 28 this year. 
but yeah no thank you so much for um doing this and yeah for opening up like honestly the best advice is just don't don't feel like you're a burden you're never a burden i wish you want to be here your life is worth so much more than the shit that you think you put up with and it's like you're better than that nobody's gonna tell you anymore because Everybody wants to be caught up in their own business, but you're definitely better than the situation. Well, that's some really good words of wisdom right there. Membranes from the Hamilton. Membranes? Do you mean a word from the membrane of the Hamilton? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want your fancy words. <laughs> And that completes today's Talk About It Tuesday episode on Nachos Cafe. Thank you so much for listening and see you next Tuesday for the next TBIT episode. And remember, when you run into a mental wall of personal perspective, 